This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. You know, a lot of times the church will say they're pro-life and yes, keep your baby. But then sometimes when a girl chooses life, they may shame them or condemn them or shut their doors and say they're not welcome here. So we want it to be a safe place. Well, we want to be a safe place. That's a call from Amy Ford. She's urging all of us in the Christian community to live out our pro-life beliefs in very real and tangible ways. Today on Focus on the Family, uh, we'll learn how you and I can take a more active role in the pro-life movement, and you might be surprised about how simple it is to get involved. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, Focus on the Family has always been unashamedly pro-life, and it's one of our foundational principles. And over the years, we've taken every opportunity to promote this message, and I pray that Focus for however long the Lord allows it to live and breathe, that it will be staunchly pro-life. We do want to remind our national leaders and uh, today's culture about the sanctity of human life created in the image of God, right? Mm -hmm. We stand firmly there. Every life is precious, whether it's in the womb or in the last days of this life and everything in between, those who uh, may suffer from abnormalities. Whatever it might be, we stand for life. And uh, we invite you to stand with us in this fight to become a pro-life advocate uh, through activities like the March for Life or volunteering at a pregnancy center near you or partnering with ministries like Focus on the Family or Embrace Grace. And we're going to hear from the leader of Embrace Grace today. Yeah, that's Amy Ford, and uh, she started uh, Embrace Grace in order to help churches provide spiritual encouragement and support to younger uh, single pregnant women who are vulnerable to having an abortion because they think they're just out of options. This is it. I have to have an abortion. Amy's an author, a speaker, a podcast host, and a pro-life advocate, and has written two books about uh, saving moms and their preborn babies. One is called A Bump in Life, and uh, the latest one we're going to be talking about today is called Help Her Be Brave, Discover Your Place in the Pro-Life Movement. And you can learn more about that at FocusOnTheFamily.ca. Amy, welcome back to Focus on the Family. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Good to have you. Um, Listen, you're active every day in this arena of life, and you're counseling women, and you're helping teen girls uh, think through what is in front of them and the difficult choices that they face. You have said, and I, I agree with this, that the church isn't quite ready if the Supreme Court were to reverse Roe v. Wade, would we be ready to step up and, and be there? And I think we would have a challenge in that area. Explain what you're seeing at the ground level. Yeah, well, and it's not even just teen girls. I mean, the unplanned pregnancies can go all the way up into the 30s. and But we're just seeing a lot of times the big issue is that the girl doesn't actually feel like it's a safe place to go to. When she has an unexpected pregnancy, the church is not the first thing that crosses her mind of like, I need help. Let me go to the church and ask if they'll help me. Um, I even talked to a girl the other day that was telling me her story. And she said that she had called three churches and uh, left messages. It was over a weekend and only and saying she was pregnant, scared. She didn't know what to do. I need help. And only one called her back. Yeah. 
And so we Mm. can't just vote for life and then say, good luck. Hope it works out for you. We have to be able to be ready physically, spiritually, and emotionally to walk alongside the pregnancy. And um, we can't, you know, we, I can just see girls being homeless or, or not having, um, being able to afford childcare or things like that. And we can't just let them go figure it out on their own when they're asking and pleading for help to know how to do this if they don't have access to an abortion. And Amy, uh, you're coming from a place of experience. I mean, you're not just uh, someone who wants to do good, which is, you know, on its face, that's good too. But you're coming from a place of brokenness. Um, What was your story? Well, I had an unplanned pregnancy when I was 19, and I went to a Christian private school, knew abortion was wrong my entire life, um, knew who God was, but I really didn't have a relationship with him. So when I found out when I was unexpectedly expecting, um, I was so terrified. I really, my biggest thing was I was terrified to tell my parents, and looking back, I feel like that's silly because they, they were upset, but it wasn't as bad as what fear makes you think and what the enemy lies to you in that situation. And so me and the father of the baby felt like abortion. We could just have an abortion and we'll deal with the consequences of a broken heart later. This will be a quick fix, even though I grew up knowing abortion was wrong. And so I went to the abortion clinic. We paid for it. And I went in uh, to have the procedure done. And as they were explaining to me what they were going to do, all of those emotions that I had suppressed really just erupted in that moment. And I ended up hyperventilating and passing out in the abortion room. And when I came to, the nurse was fanning me, trying to give me a drink of water. And she said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. You can come back another day, but you're not getting an abortion today. And so well, I went I give back, her credit for right? that. Right? I know, because I've talked to so many women that have experienced an abortion, and they're like, that is not what happened with me. Um, but I went back out into the waiting room, and I told um, the father of the baby, and we just were like, okay, like, let's just deal with the consequences of what's going to happen and let's just figure it out together. And so we told our parents it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Um, and we ended up getting married. We had been high school sweethearts for a long time. We ended up getting married when I was 16 weeks pregnant and we had gone to the pastor that had led my husband to the Lord years before. We asked him if he would marry us and he said, no, I can't and won't marry you. I can't bless this marriage because of your sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. And we were like, we are such horrible people. We can't even get married right. I mean, it felt like a scarlet letter on our wedding day. We found someone else that would marry us, but the shame sure. was so intense. Um, but one thing that's really cool, though, is that pastor that wouldn't marry us a couple of years later, he ended up um, asking for forgiveness. He called my oh. husband and said that, I felt like it was my worst mistake in pastoring history that I had ever made. Will you please forgive me? Yeah. And um, But even just that season before that and even after, it's kind of like the elephant in the room and people don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry. So they just don't say anything. And so you just feel alone in a crowd of people. Sure. Amy, I, I want to dig into a couple of components of what you've told us. One your parents, you've mentioned that. It wasn't as bad as what I thought it would be with my parents. Um, There are parents, maybe today, who are listening right now that later are going to get a call Mm -hmm. from their pregnant teen daughter, or they're going to see them at dinner, and this discussion is going to happen. What kind of counsel do you give to parents about how to react if this happens? Well, I just believe that God is the creator of all life. And so he knew what he was doing when um, he blessed this 
girl, woman with an un, with a baby, even if it was unplanned by her, this baby was planned by God. And so we've seen girls that are almost about to kill themselves, suicidal, on drugs, or just going down the wrong path and all of a sudden find out they're pregnant. And this is the thing that kind of gets them back on the right track. And yeah. so to look at the bigger picture of what God might be doing here um, and leading his daughter back to him. Yeah. And then the other aspect of what you said that really catches my attention is your Christian convictions. I mean, you're 19, 18? I was 19. At the time. And so, you know, you're you're getting to the point where that maturity is happening. And yet, um, you know, when the moment came, and of course, we understand passions and those things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the realization that I'm pregnant. And now what do I do? You know, some people maybe have never had to walk that difficult decision. And even though you're in church, you understand Christian values, you're pro-life in your heart, now the pressure's on you because, you know, this this situation and you've got to make this decision. Why do you think it's not automatic? Why do you think the girls are second-guessing everything they've been taught for 17 years, 18 years, 19 years in your case? What What is missing in their worldview construct that they'd even go that direction? Well, I think it's two things. One, as I said before, fear. Fear is the biggest reason why women have abortions. You're scared and it does seem like alluring to have a quick fix of... It's easy. Yeah, it's easy. Seemingly. Right. Even though it's a trauma that is... um, Lifelong. Lifelong. Yes, for sure. Um, But the other thing is, is I grew up in the church my entire life and I never knew there was a pro-life movement. Ever. I never knew. Like, I would stand outside abortion clinics with my parents sometimes, and we would pray. But I didn't know there were all the resources. Like, I had no idea. And I remember when I wrote my first book, even writing that book, I didn't think, I'm writing a pro-life book. It was just stories of girls with unplanned pregnancies. And as we started Embrace Grace, we didn't think, I'm going to start a pro-life organization. I was like, I'm going to help women with unplanned pregnancies. And it wasn't until the first conference, it was actually a CareNet conference, which is a pregnancy center training conference, they asked me to come speak. And they'll give me a booth in this, like in exchange. And so, and so we were like, had to do some brochures and things. And I had never heard of CareNet. I have no idea. I show up, and there are hundreds of booths and organizations yeah. of people that are ready to assist at a moment's notice for women with unplanned pregnancy. Mm. I had no idea yeah. that there was that out there. And I think the the mainly the church in general is the same way. When I talk to people that have gone to church their whole life. They don't know. A lot of them don't even know what a pregnancy center is. And that's like the one of the most important things we need in our communities. Yeah. You know, that's the first response team in the church is the hospital. And we got to have we got to know what's all in our communities to help. And I them. think when we talk about with the opening comments that you made in terms of where the church is at, these are some great gains over the last 40, 45 years that the church really has stepped up. It's not the same as 1973. The church is far more sophisticated and far better equipped to help young women For sure. and a woman of any age who's in that position to deal with an unplanned pregnancy. And that that is the good news. And, I, and I'd encourage you to get engaged with yeah, your get local involved. pregnancy resource center and, you know, volunteer, support mm-hmm. them financially. Um, that's what Focus does. And there's like 3,000, 4,000 of these clinics around, uh, probably right in your neighborhood. So right. look for one and join in. Be a part of it. Most of them are volunteer-run Right. So uh, that's a good you. thing to do. They do mm-hmm. need each one of us. Uh, let me uh, tie a, a little bow there with your parents, because some people are probably asking, what happened to her mom and dad? 
what was that healing process like for you with your parents? And, you know, for a parent, you've, you've poured into your child, you've poured into your daughter, and then that happens. There's that initial, ah, uh, and they kind of understand the grief that's going to be there. And then you have to heal that relationship of trust. How did that go for you and your mom and dad? Well, I know for them and for other uh, parents, it's kind of easy to all of a sudden think, where did I go wrong? Like, what did I do um, to help assist in this happening? Like, where did where did the communication break down? Things like that. Right, the formula didn't work. Right. And I think that the key is... I feel like with all unplanned pregnancies, uh, fear obviously is the biggest issue, but also just our identity, value, and worth is kind of what, not knowing our identity, value, and worth is kind of what gets us into the situation in the first place. And so um, they that can never be something that a parent can fill. You know, God creates um, our hearts to crave intimacy, but with him. And so when we try to fill it with other things, parents can't fill it. A boyfriend can't fill it. Food, shopping, you know, nothing can fill this God-sized hole that we have. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Join your friends from Odyssey on the greatest journey ever taken. Follow me! Through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with the new full-color Adventures in Odyssey Bible. You'll read about exciting battles. The time of our oppression by these barbarians has ended. A talking donkey. Haven't you ridden me all your life? And even a dragon. (coughs) You'll be studying alongside your friends from Odyssey. It's the Adventures in Odyssey Bible from Focus on the Family. Learn more at aiobible.ca. Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Are your everyday ministry responsibilities taking a toll in your life? It's time to let God minister to you. Come away with your spouse and be quiet before God. Focus on the Family Canada has designed a seven-day retreat for couples in ministry. Come visit us at Kareth Retreats, a quiet place to receive from God and deepen your connection to Him, your spouse, and your calling. Find rest, find renewal, Find reconnection with God. Find out more at carethretreats.ca. Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Um, You have received some criticism about Embrace Grace in the ministry to single pregnant women, and it comes in the the form of you don't require them to accept Christ before they're given this help and this aid, and I think some people struggle with that. I totally get it because that's you're putting out the pathway, you're doing the engagement, the discipleship that brings a young woman to that decision for eternal life. You know that decision to embrace Christ. So, what do you say to that criticism and how you're going about it? 
Well, we just feel like this is planting seeds. You know, they will serve the gospel up on a silver platter and they get to choose whether they want to partake or not. And so we just thank God, even if they came for only one class or they came for all 12, thank you, Lord, that we got an opportunity to share the gospel. Like, how amazing is that? And sometimes they only come for the free stuff. You know, they just come because they want the stuff, but we're getting an opportunity to share the gospel. And we always say we're planting seeds. Um, We had a woman once that was Wiccan and she believed in witchcraft. And she was like, hey, I really need the free stuff. Is it okay if I come to your group at your church? I don't, I'm Wiccan. I don't believe in, in what you believe, but I would love to come. And someone told me about it. And I was like, sure, yeah, come. She came every week and she never missed a class. And um, one time she said, I like the way it makes me feel when I come to this group. And I just like held on to that. And I really felt like there was going to be this salvation experience. Like I just knew it and it was going to happen. and It was going to be amazing. And I was trusting God that it was going to happen. And so she does the whole Embrace Grace program, never misses a class and goes through the baby shower, the Princess Day, which is an awesome um, event that we do that we crown them and tell them how amazing they are. And she doesn't. And I remember after that last night, I went home and I was kind of offended, but I I would never tell her, you know, but I was like, God, why? Like she did the whole thing. What are we missing? Where do we go wrong? What is, is the issue? Because she said she liked it. And I heard the Lord say, you're planting seeds. Mm-hmm. Do you think a girl would have that was Wiccan would have ever stepped foot into a church if you hadn't created a safe place for her to be mm-hmm. there? So let me do what I do. And so I was like, okay, Lord, like I give her to you. And I kind of lost touch with her. A lot of single moms, um, if they can't pay their bills, their phone number changes, and I lost touch with her. Well, a year later, she called me freaking out, totally excited. And she's like, Amy, you will never believe what's happening. She said, I just lately have been thinking maybe God is real and I would uh-huh. think something and then something would happen. But one day she was a manager of a restaurant slash gas station. And she said, I went into work and I was like, God, I feel like maybe you're trying to talk to me, but I don't know. But I just want you to do something really big. Like, I don't want to think that you're real. Like, I want to know you're real. Can you do something um, to affirm my faith? And so she goes into work. And as she's working her shift, a random guy came up to the counter. And he, she said, I remember she specifically said he looked nervous. And he kind of was shaking a little bit. And he said, I know this is going to sound really crazy, but um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you that he loves you and he sees you and that all he wants is your heart. And she was like, what? And so she goes back home and she gets her Embrace Grace curriculum from the year before. And she said she went into the bathroom and she put her tiara on her head that we had given her from Princess Day the year before. And she said, I did it in the bathroom looking in the mirror because I wanted to be a moment I would never forget. Like, this is the moment that I surrendered my life to Jesus. And I was the first one she called a year later, totally freaking out. And I just held on to that. And um I just love how it all came down to she liked the way it made her feel when she came to church. Like, we weren't trying to fix her. We were just introducing her to the Holy Spirit who could transform her. And it felt safe. And it felt safe. It wasn't behavior modification. It was a heart transformation. And it didn't happen right before our very eyes. It was a slower process. But thank you, Lord, for that. And then I think about the guy. Like, he probably walked away 
because especially if he was nervous, I am such a dork. Like, God, why do you make me do these things? Like, you made me, you know, I probably, oh, I imagine, I probably sound like a right. nerd, you know, whatever. But he had no idea Man, that she went the, straight yeah. home and surrendered yeah. her life to Jesus. He was that How critical link. How amazing is that? Yeah, just be, being obedient, right? Right. But and man, that's that would know. be a little unsettling, maybe. Yeah. But that encourages me to always go with the nudge that the Lord gives you, right? Yeah, the Say devil didn't the tell Lord. you to do it. Right. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I want to kind of go to this area that you, you've developed some great thoughts and models for, and that is to encourage pro-life Christians to be intentional about looking for opportunities to help pregnant women. I think you have a story about a wedding ring observation. What, what was that story about? Oh, well, I'm just always looking for baby bellies. You got to want to make sure that they're pregnant. The and it's not belly. a food belly. <laughs> but I'm always looking for baby bellies. And so then I look at their ring to see, like, do they have... A, a wedding ring on and sometimes it could be their hands are swollen but I have a way of just starting the conversation you can say a lot with a huge smile on your face and I'm a very positive bubbly person so I'm like you know do you have any kids because especially if I'm not sure if they're pregnant yeah. like do you have any kids and um, and just letting the Holy Spirit lead the conversation uh, but leading to what do you need how can we help did you know there's an Embrace Grace group in your area can we get you connected you'll get free stuff a baby shower you'll meet other girls going through the same thing that you are or have you been to a pregnancy center just allowing God to lead the conversation. But doing that, I have met girls in the craziest of places, and they're in front of us all the time. I think sometimes we just get too busy to notice, you know, that they're around us all the time. Right. And in fact, I think you have a story, and I don't know why you were there, but a Sonic yeah. a drive through Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, because I live in Texas and it's hot and you needed slushies and all the kids were hot. And um, so at Sonic, you can swipe your card, but they don't put tip lines when you swipe your card at Sonic. So if you want to tip a girl, you have to have cash. And I hardly ever have cash, but I thought I did this day. So I go, I order, push the button, order all the slushies. And as I'm waiting for her to come out, I realize that I have no cash in my uh, thing. I was like, oh my goodness. So when she came out, I said, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I paid for the food, but I don't have cash for a tip, but I'll go to the bank and I'll go to the ATM machine. I'll get you some cash and I'll come back. We were, um, so I said, what's your, you know, what's your name? And she said, my name's Zoe. I said, I love that name like when I was pregnant with my fourth Judah he's I see he's about one now um before I knew it was a boy a girl name was Zoe I had picked that out did you know that your name means life but it, it does it's not like just the surviving kind of life like it means the John 10 10 and the John three sixteen, like the heavenly realm of life like it's a really cool translation you have a really amazing name and she said um, so you have a baby? I said, yeah, I mean, he's about one. So he's kind of a bigger baby. She's like, me and my boyfriend just found out we're pregnant. And we're really nervous. Do you have any advice for me? I'm like, God, <laughs> this is the greatest setup ever. And so I got her connected to a pregnancy center. She came through Embrace Grace, did the whole program. I was at her wedding. I was oh. at her birth. She oh, ended up having amazing. a boy. So she got all of my Judah's hand-me-downs. I get to do life with this girl named Zoe, who's such a blessing to me. And I, if I would have just treated her as a robot or someone else that's trying to, you know, fulfill my order, I would have missed out on such an amazing relationship and friendship that we have today. Mm. And she's such a great mom. Um, let's end with a really powerful story uh, about a pastor. There's so many pastoral families that struggle, and we know that. And it's okay. We have actually a, a line where pastors can call us here anonymously and talk through the difficulties that their families are going through. They need that lifeline. And uh, they need to be able to get some input from time to time as well. But you have a story about a pastor's daughter who was unmarried and ended up pregnant. 
and she reconciled with God through that and the church and her family, and she wanted to participate in a, a child dedication. What, what was that story all about? Well, his, he was a pastor of a big church, and his daughter had an unplanned pregnancy and had really strayed from the Lord. When she found out she was pregnant, she asked for forgiveness and asked to come back home. And he said yes, and so she had a little girl. Um, and after she had the baby, she wanted to do a baby dedication. And the way this church does it is they'll have a family up at the front, and they'll say, is there anyone here that represents this uh, family and their baby? Will you please stand? And they do a prayer, and then they do the next family and the next family and the next family. Mm. Well, then he gets to his daughter and her baby, and he says, is there anyone here that represents this woman and her child? And something amazing happened. The whole church stood up. Wow. And so it was such a beautiful picture, even to her, to see, like, we're not going to kick you when you're down. Like, we're going to pick you back up when you fall, and we are in this together. Like, the church without the broken is a broken church. We have to be opening our arms mm. and hearts to people that need hope. And to see a church rise and say, we're with you, and no single mom walks alone, is so powerful. And so Help Her Be Brave, this book, is all about really empowering the church or believers in general. We all have gifts, talents, and passions that God specifically puts in our lives that we can actually use to help save lives. My husband helps a single mom with her budgeting. There, You can go serve at a pregnancy center. Maybe you're a great, amazing social media influencer. Be an advocate and putting the you're using your voice to save lives. Um, standing outside abortion clinics and praying. There are so many different ways. And I have hundreds of practical ideas in this book that people, if you're just like, I don't know what I'm good at and I don't know where I can get involved, this book is full of yeah. stories and ideas of how we can all help a woman uh, choose life. Because really, ultimately, whatever happens politically, what we all want is to make abortion unthinkable, like that it doesn't even cross their mind yeah. or that they feel like they can't have access to it. No, we want them to feel like they don't want it. They don't need it mm -hmm. because we all have something to give and to help her be brave. Well, I so appreciate that thought because I have had that same thought for years and years that, you know, fighting Roe v. Wade is important, but hollowing it out. Mm-hmm. So a woman chooses life is actually the better win, frankly, For sure. because that means you're moving society and the heart of society toward life. And that is an unstoppable a reality. So thank you for that hard work, mm -hmm. Amy, that you're doing every day. Thank you for going to Sonic and going to other places. <laughs> it's and fun. It's always keeping your eyes open for the baby bump. I'll mm -hmm. never forget that term now. <laughs> and let me urge you to get involved too. Um, obviously, Amy's ministry, Embrace Grace, is a great place to stop and learn more about what they're doing. We'll link to that, we will, right, John? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, here at Focus on the Family, we have Option Ultrasound. And, you know, we've been doing that. Robin Chambers, who leads that, we've been at that for 16 years. We know the metrics. It's $60 to save a baby's life. We've hit about half a million babies saved. Mm. That's, That's our best Intel uh, information. Mm -hmm. But isn't that great? Almost yes. half a million. I can't wait to hit that half a million mark and hopefully quickly hit a million babies saved. I, I think it's such a great story. And again, I want to say at the end here, uh, support your local pregnancy resource clinic. They need you. We know they need you because we're working with so many of them. Volunteer time. Help them financially and be that kind of place in your community where these girls can come, these women can come, mm. and find great counsel and encouragement for life. And I hope our hearts have connected with yours and that you'll get in touch to get more involved in the ministry of Focus on the Family's Option Ultrasound program. And to uh, engage with pro-life ministries like Embrace Grace, which Amy Ford began.
And we're all looking forward to the March for Life event next week on January 29th. We have more details about all of these opportunities when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Amy, thank you again for being with us. It's so great to have you in the studio here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I love what you guys do here. We have you guys all in the, in the Helper Be Brave book, too. So oh, that's y'all good. are awesome. Well, thank you. And um, one more thing, Jim, it occurs to me that we might have, you said it earlier, we might have a a parent whose child is going to come to them and say, I'm pregnant. Or we might have a listener who's just discovered they're unwed and pregnant and you don't know where to turn. Uh, Call us. We have caring Christian counselors. It would be a privilege to serve you and support you and uh, help you find some hope. Again, our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family. And coming up next time, you're going to hear a really powerful story. When doctors argued that Rachel should be aborted, her parents refused. And today, Rachel is a powerful pro-life advocate. It shocks me to think that they devalued me. It makes my heart hurt to think that there are thousands of children that were never fought for simply because of their location, because of their health status. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.